Welcome to the Two Spros Podcast, victorious after one week. Want to know, baby? Exactly, undefeated. Just like Patrick Mahomes always does in September. Yeah, he's uh, like 11 to know. You know, Mahomes gets all the credit, but as Chiefs fans, we are also undefeated in the month of September since 2017 or whatever. So we should get more of the credit. I think so. There's more of us. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did my part on Sunday. I know you did. Yes. Cheering very loud through space and time. Yeah, we had to watch them on a bit of a delay, delay, but that was okay because no commercials. Yeah, and amazingly, did not get spoiled at all. I don't think. Yeah, for me, shock that happened. Yeah, so the, the the streaming god smiled upon us. We were able to watch it um, and experience the Chiefs' amazing, heart stopping. Uh, you know, it, it, I feel like I aged a year over the course of watching the game. I was literally exhausted by the time that game was over. You know, it was, it like was emotionally drained. Yeah, it was stressful, but obviously, it wasn't like. Playoff game is stressful. I, because I, I felt I, like it was for me. Uh, I would not have been that disappointed by like a loss in week one. It would have it wouldn't have like t- tanked the season for me. I, I think, guess is what I'm saying. I think afterwards I would have talked myself into realizing that this was just the f- first week and that we we usually once a year have that Andy Reid head scratcher. What were you guys planning on doing? Game. Yeah. And this kind of felt like it. Like they didn't seem prepared to play in the first half. Uh, but for me, like in the moment, I felt, I think I mentioned this to you like during the game, I felt a feeling I haven't felt probably since the 2019 season where I would just felt like the Chiefs were about to get exposed. Like, like, oh my gosh, we're frauds. We're not actually as good as, as we've been ma- maintaining that we are and everyone's going to know it because we're on the Tony Romo game. Now, how much of that was like this Chiefs game on its own and how much of that was... The last game that we had played was the Super Bowl, where we got our butts kicked. Also, that I mean, we you can argue we got exposed during the Super Bowl, even though there were a lot of mitigating factors. But if you um, if yeah, you come out would, and lose to that. the Browns right after having gotten you know shown your butt on national TV in the Super Bowl, that's a you know two data points as a trend. That would have been the kind of like hard to overcome national narrative. And I, I know I shouldn't care about that, but like, I, anytime I've gotten invested in the Chiefs. They've, you know, up up till 2019, they've usually let me down on some, at some level, you know? And that felt like that was going to happen this game. But it's not like okay. you're still dealing with some of, like, the demons of Chiefs well, past. Well, I've, I've been dealing with it for longer than you have. Mine have been completely purged by Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, this, that's the question, though, right now we're trying to answer. Is, are the Chiefs, like, a one-and-done Super Bowl team? Or is this actually the start of a dynasty? Well, we've and, been to two, so... <laughs> I, I know, but, you know, is this is this going to be, like... 
Super Bowl hangover keeps lasting and things keep getting progressively worse and the Chiefs kind of drift off into irrelevance and can't really capitalize on Mahomes' prime, or are we actually going to build something sustainable? That, you know, to me, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have hinged on the outcome of this game, but um, that's kind of what's in the back of my mind is fading back into obsolescence. I, I'm just not worried about that, honestly, with Mahomes. Like, I know, like, in years past, if you, like, had a, a mediocre quarterback... That can happen to you, mm-hmm. but I really, truly don't think that's just. I just don't think that's going to happen while Mahomes is here. I think it might be the residual, like the Alex Smith, and to a lesser extent, like Matt Castle, Trent Green years, where it's like we would have a hot start, but in the back of your mind, you're like, "This isn't going to last. We're not actually that good. People are going to find out," and then eventually they did. <laughs> and uh, I know that's not the case with the Chiefs now, but I think that kind of that that same pit, like in my stomach, was there yesterday. Which is actually kind of exhilarating. You kind of want to feel a little bit, you know, yeah. you, you want to feel on Full the edge of your seat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we could actually lose a game. I felt a little bit too alive. How weird is that? But we won at the end, and that's all that matters. Everyone can have a great week now. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about it from kind of a higher level now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the best way to go about it, but now we're actually, why don't we get into the game a little bit? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll just kind of ask you an open-ended question here. Yeah, what were some takeaways that you had? Okay, first off, um, I was, I think, justified in my saying the Browns are the other best team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think you saw the best two teams in the AFC play. Yeah. Um, I, I came away more impressed with the Browns than I was heading into the game, and I already thought they were going to be pretty good this year. I think they're going to wreck some teams. Yeah, I think we're lockstep in that, and we talked about it in our prediction show. I think we both picked them to win the division, and man, they they played a really good game. They played nearly, like, a, nearly a flawless first half. I felt like, okay, they, were, they lost the turnover battle, if you include the Mayfield interception at the end, mm-hmm. and the um, muffed punt. I don't I don't even know what to call that, where the punter just screwed up. Uh, I think uh, punter terror. Punter terror? Yeah. Explain yeah. yourself. He just, like, lost his mind. It's like he, he bobbled it. And then proceeded to, to it, it, you know, like cascading bad decisions where something goes wrong and mm. then that gets in your head and you make a couple other wrong decisions. Yeah. Well, he had like three in a row there in the course of about half a second. His first wrong decision was, should I catch this ball? Well. He decided no. I'm not sure that was a decision, but yeah. His second wrong decision was, should I try to punt the ball now or run with it? He decided to run with it. Which, he's a lot better at one of those things than he's at the other. Yes. And then he realized that he was a punter. Anyway, uh, if you count all of those together, they had three turnovers. The Chiefs had zero, I believe. And outside of those three turnovers, I felt like the Browns played a nearly flawless game. Yeah, I mean they had a couple of especially on offense. They had a couple of stalled drives in the second half, um, mm-hmm. but that's just because Chris Jones took over the game. I know that sounds cliched, but he really did. He okay. was just like not going to be blocked. He's getting to make to Baker. Um, you know what this Browns team reminds me of? What? Is the 2019 Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like super-powered run game, can run over you, and if they can do that, they can get some some heavy boxes, and then their quarterback can just throw it over the top off of play action. Yeah. It reminds me a whole lot of like the, the Ryan Tannehill show where we all thought for a minute that Ryan Tannehill was an elite quarterback. That was kind of disproven this week. <laughs> we'll get to the around the NFL later. 
But uh, I think Baker's kind of like that, where it's like if he can, if he's throwing off the back of an amazing run game, and especially off the pack, like play action bootleg game, then he's amazing. If it is the Baker show and he's just got to get out there and throw against, you know, seven man coverage, he's not as good. He struggles a little bit. Well, and like credit to the Browns for figuring that out last year. They like, yeah. especially whenever uh, OBJ went out, they like really leaned into the run game and they decided like we're a running team now. That's going to be the focal mm-hmm. point of our offense, not um, Mayfield. And I mean, it works really well. Just run the ball, run the ball. The uh, play action, boot around, mm-hmm. throw it to a guy. It's, it's hard to deal with. Baker's almost one of those guys you want to contain him in the pocket more than you want to try to rush him out of the pocket. It's a little bit like you know you don't blitz Mahomes. I think you kind of don't also don't blitz Baker. Don't try to don't try to get him well, off the spot because when you do, he does crazy <laughs> things. We certainly blitzed him a lot. That's true. Maybe you should continue to blitz Baker. Yeah. Well, it, the the tricky thing is that you. Most teams, you can get them to a point where, like, you know this is a passing situation. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to get to that point with the Browns. It's, like, it's so hard to get them off schedule where, like, you just get a, a complete stuff on the first down, second down. Then they have, like, a third and ten. It's, like, they don't get to that very often. Yeah. So they're getting, like, three or four yards on first down, four or five yards on second down, and then they've just got, like, a short one they can run it if they want. Yeah. So I think there's two ways you could look at this as a Browns fan. I think you can look at it and say, hey, we were a couple of weird breaks or mistakes away from beating the Chiefs. I think you can also look at it and say, how do you play better in the first half and put yourself in a better position than they did and they still lost? Like, I feel like that was the the Browns' very best punch. The Chiefs did not look ready to play. Not on Did defense, not, at least. Especially on defense, I think you, you felt the full force of missing three starters in uh, mm-hmm. Willie Gay, Tieran Matthew, and Frank Clark. Um, and it's like, after all of that, you still can't beat the Chiefs. I, I, it kind of reminds me, I think I think we are to the Browns as the Patriots and or Steelers were to the Chiefs maybe five years ago. Where you just got the feeling that no matter what you did, even if you got up really big on them, you couldn't beat them. Maybe, maybe the Steelers more than anything, because the Patriots, we can beat the Patriots in the regular season. Yeah, let's get them in the, in the playoffs. And you remember back in those years, it was always like, can we get over the hump? And right now, the Chiefs are the hump that people are trying to get over. Yeah. Because I think anyone the AFC has to know that if we want to go to the Super Bowl, we have to beat the Chiefs when it matters. Mm-hmm. I think this is shaping up to be an amazing rivalry, honestly, between like Chiefs, Browns, Mahomes, and Baker. Because that, that rivalry goes all the way back to college. And they played a couple of really great games. Kelsey always brings it against the Browns, which mm. is super fun. Yep. The Kareem Hunt element adds something kind of weird between the teams. That was my favorite play actually of the day is whenever the Chiefs fan shoved Kareem out of the stands. <laughs> it was amazing. It was like right up there with Eric Fisher's uh, Bud Light smash. Rejected. Yeah, yeah that was pretty great. Um, yeah, I, I think I think we're seeing the Browns pretty often. You know who I don't like? This is this is not that hot to take. Miles Garrett. Hmm. I mean, obviously, there's the assault on Mason Rudolph. That's going to kind of, yeah, that's going to kind of color my perception of him. But uh, like talking after the game, he like he was talking about how Mahomes just kind of threw it up to Tyreek, which kind of did. But you know, it also that, that was the kind of worked. That was the physical manifestation <laughs> of the screw it, Tyreek down there somewhere. Yes, you know, I think they, if that meme came to life, yeah, basically. Someone actually asked him about that. It was like, is that really how it goes? Well, if you look at how... was like, yeah, it'd be like that sometime. <laughs> if you look at how the play developed, there's no way he knew where, Mahomes, where, where Hill was going to be. 
He just yeah. saw single coverage and threw it and trusted Hill to come up with it. Well, what what happened, Tyreek said it after the game himself in a, a post-game interview. He said that um, Mahomes came up to him in the locker room after the game and said he didn't even see him on that play. He just saw his little hand up there. <laughs> so he's literally just like saw the hand and is like, all right, here you go. And just, you know. Like he didn't know it was Tyreek or just... It. Just saw. He might. I think he knew it was. Does he do like? Does he do like the Randy Moss thing where he throws his hand up when he's open? Uh, I guess he did on that. You probably don't remember this, but like Randy Moss used to, whenever he knew he got his man beat, in like within five yards of line of scrimmage, he'd throw his hand up, and that was a signal to his quarterback, "Hey, throw it to me. I can take this." Yeah. Maybe maybe Tyreek's there. He was he was incredibly impressive. I don't know how you. I mean, I think there's some other guys that had some some good days, but I don't know how you don't say Tyreek Hill's the best receiver in the league right now. It's a healthy debate for sure, but he's right there. Yes, he is elite. Yeah. Okay, um, let me ask you this. Okay. I want a number here, okay? On a scale of 1 to 10, how worried are you about the defense? Uh, which point? <laughs> if it's halftime, the answer is 8. Okay. Uh, well, now now it's probably 5. 5? Yeah. Um. I was encouraged with the way that they were able to get some stops whenever they had to, which is really what we need from the Chiefs. We need them to get a couple of stops a game when they have to. We don't need them to hold, you know, no no, no one's pitching a shutout. No one's holding anyone under, you know, 14 points. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, I just, I don't want, you know, I don't want a bunch of Big 12 shootouts, which is almost what we had today. But they were able to come up with some clutch plays. Um uh, I know you can't say, oh, we missed this guy or that guy, because you're always going to be missing a guy. Uh, I think Tyron Matthew was the biggest miss, the, the, the guy we, we would miss the most on the defense of any one individual. Yeah, if, there, if there's one dude that you really don't want to not be in there, mm-hmm. um, it's Tyron. And the only one that's even close would be like Chris Jones. I think, yeah, I was about to say, from a matchup perspective, Chris Jones is the one, but from like the, the entire defense operating the way it's designed to. Yeah, it's Tyron Matthew. I think because of like the partially because of the nature of like the position he plays, safety, mm-hmm. but also just like the player he is, he covers up so many of the mistakes that we never even see because yeah. you know he's covering them up. Like literally telling guys where to be. Yeah, or like telling guys what's coming, or you know just coach on the field. He's that kind of guy. There was definitely just some like coverage breakdowns, some like run scheme mm-hmm. breakdowns. There was that that one play that like. I keep thinking about is that like run to Chubb head on the left and he just ripped it for a mm-hmm. touchdown and there was no one anywhere close to him. Now that said, I think you probably did see Frank Clark's absence on those runs where we just broke contain completely. Yeah. Um, there was one, especially where I saw Joshua Kando, who was like our fourth or fifth round pick at defensive end, get just completely washed out of the picture. We might be talking about the same defensive play, end, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it just it looked like he didn't belong on the field, which you would expect from a fifth-round pick. Um, but I think if it's Frank Clark in there, you probably have a better edge set. So, looking forward to having both those guys back. I think they'll be back next week. Might be a little longer for Willie Gay. Um, Matthew will definitely be back. I don't know about Frank Clark, because he was struggling with that injury all through the preseason. Didn't play any, yeah. didn't play any this game. So. I, I hate to say this, but it sounds like he's day-to-day. Which can last forever, if anyone remembers the Eric Berry 2018 season. Yeah, this is making nervous as yeah. a Chiefs fan. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't have Willie Gay up there. Really wanted to see him. Yeah, but that said, uh, Nick Bolton, I think, played really well. Yeah. He, he looked like an old pro out there. Yeah, that was another point I had. I I wasn't like tracking him on every play, but every time that I noticed him, I was happy with what I saw. 
And that's another silver lining to Tyron Matthew being out, or the only one, maybe. Um, getting to see an extended look at Juan Thornhill playing back there. I think he had at least one where he was the guy in the frame whenever, I think it's Schwartz is the guy that, that caught a really, really deep pass from Baker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was Thornhill or if it looked like Charles Ward might have missed his guy. I don't know who's to blame there because I'm not the film grinder. But uh, Thornhill had a couple of great plays. He had one amazing pass breakup. I think he might have forced the fumble with Nick Chubb. So he played really well, and that's great because I think, if I understand the situation correctly, they're going to need to see Juan Thornhill at his normal level before they put him in the game as a starter over Dan Sorensen. So maybe with this absence from Matthew, they saw enough to make him think, okay, this guy's a playmaker. He needs to be in there. He needs to be starting. Yeah, That's my hope, at least. So maybe next week we'll see Taron Matthew and Juan Thornhill back there, as is supposed to be the case. And then Dan Sorensen could be a... Dime linebacker slash special teamer. I think we just need to put Swanson in there in like the fourth quarter against the He's Browns. The closer, yeah, because like that's all that Dan does is he just kind of hangs out, you know, plays good. You're not gonna really notice him, and then just out of nowhere, he's gonna make one absolutely clutch, game changing play. He's like a dirty deeds done dirt cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you need someone to you know get knocked in the head, fumble the ball into the end zone. You need someone to like. Trip Mayfield as he's trying to throw the ball out of the ground. Scuttle uh, out of the field. Scuttle a uh, fake punt. Yeah. Attempt. Yeah. Dan's your man. Yeah. Dan's your man. Yep. Any other takeaways on defense? Uh, let's see. Uh, I was a little bit alarmed with how easy. I mean, the, the contain was the an issue, obviously, but it felt like the middle of our defense was a bit soft. Yeah. Uh, we did not seem to be winning the battle in the trenches. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little bit looking at, like, Tershawn Morton and Jaron Reed and being like, okay, can you really hold down the middle without Chris Jones? Is that really the case? Yeah. I was worried about that as well, although I will say, I think I said it on the preview podcast, like, the Browns have one of the best, if not the best, offensive lines in football, and this game just kind of confirmed that to me. Mm-hmm. Even when they lost their left tackle with the same dude, that they lost in the playoffs, that was weird. Yeah, I was a bit concerned. Um, I saw a lot of our guys getting just ran up the field whenever they rushed. And yeah. by that, I mean like ran around the pocket, even the defensive tackles. And that's concerning to me um, because Spagnuolo's got a, a tendency to throw extra guys in the blitz package, which is fine, but sometimes those just get stonewalled. If they get stonewalled, then you're looking at five guys back in coverage, and that's just a recipe for disaster. I think you saw that a lot of times where you just had one like man-on-man Five guy coverage with some of these like one cover one or zero cover zero blitzes. That's really alarming to me. So a little more nuance in the pass rush. I think, like I said, I don't really want like the wholesale go as hard as you can and get run around the end with Baker because that's just going to allow him to stand step up in the pocket or start getting out in space and making weird Baker plays. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm slightly concerned about the pass rush at this point, but we didn't have our Second highest paid pass rusher out there. Notice I didn't say second best. Um, we didn't have Frank Clark out there. We'll see if that makes a big impact. Hope he has a great season, but we haven't seen it yet. I mean, for what's worth, the defense held them to one touchdown. No field that goals in the second half. Awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Second half, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when it came down to really get down to brass tacks, mm-hmm. they kind of got the job done. That's just because really. Chris Jones went into, like, Superstar man, he can he turns it on when he needs to. I know, like I said, it's cliche that he takes over the game, but he took over the game. Yeah, I, I, I'm amazed at the time he just completely ran around their tackle. 
barely made contact at all. Just like a, a 300-pound man ran around the tackle. It was impressive. He's a... Yeah. He's, he's so bad, big. He's a bad so man. <laughs> no. Okay, anything on the offensive side now? Um, I mean... It was, it was kind of what you come looked, to expect from the offense, right? They looked like regular season form. Like... Mm-hmm. Mahomes did crazy things. Tyreek did crazy things. Yeah. In years past, it seems like Mahomes has come out a little bit too excited in mm-hmm. some games. And I think the same with some of our skill position players. So you get like yeah. drops and mental errors. Didn't really see that for our big three. You didn't have the... Mahomes used to like airmail a couple passes just because he was so juiced. Mm-hmm. You didn't really see that this game. That's great. I mean, he, he came out just throwing darts. He had some some classic Mahomes throws. I think I saw I saw like the thirty yard throws and rope frozen rope you know throws. I saw a like submarine sidearm pass around a defender somehow. Now that was something a little bit new because he's done sidearm before, but this was this was like on a whole new level. It wasn't even like a sidearm. It was yeah, it was like a submarine pass where he's just kind of like flicking it around the side of a defender. Yeah. It was bizarre, but, I mean, awesome. It's just, like, such, like, backyard bullcrap. It, crack, it cracks me every <laughs> That's time. That's make the defense so mad. So mad. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I saw, like, obviously there was, like, the... There was the running out of... Ru- running full tilt out of bounds and then throw it at the last second down to Tyreek. We already talked about that. Mm, uh, amazing yes. play, classic Mahomes. That was awesome. Only Mahomes throw. Um, how concerned are you about the run game? Uh, did you did you know how much yards Clyde finished with? Because I bet it was at least in the upper half of hundred. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to say right now. Um, I guess part of this come back to like my take on the offensive line is that they looked okay, not great. Yeah, and obviously, like I think for the first game, that's kind of to be expected. Um, what you just what you really did want to see was them for just for them just get you know, worked out there and exposed. And he didn't. I really don't think mm-hmm. he saw that. Yeah, the only way I would have been really nervous about the offense is if the offensive line, if they just came out and fell flat on their face. Yeah. Definitely did not happen. They looked confident. Which, you have to remember, three-fifths of our offensive line is rookies. I think they looked as good in the first game as our offensive line did at any point last year. Um, After, like, Fitcher and Morris mm, No, any point last year. Mm, I don't know about that. That might be a hot take, but I feel like I feel like our floor is the ceiling from last year on the offensive line. I think it can only get better. I hope so. And I, I, I'm willing to give them a lot of grace on yesterday because, for one, that's a good front four. Oh, yeah. It really is. Or, or you know, even front seven for the Browns. They're, they're a great team. Um, I think you're just going to have – the trajectory for the offensive line this year has to be the defense from 2019, where it's just wholesale change. You brought in completely new players. You've got to give them the entire season to gel. I think our offensive line at the end of the year is going to be so much better than it is right now. Hopefully, those guys can avoid injury. But, yeah, basically you saw a bunch of pretty good individual performances. I think uh, Orlando, Orlando Brown might have had a handful with Miles Garrett, but any – sorry – I think, yeah, I think he was matched up against he, Miles. Yeah. Anyone's going to have a hard time with that guy. Yeah. The fact that, like, he didn't have, like, three sacks on Mahomes is pretty telling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I was overall, like, it's like it's like somewhere between C plus, B minus for the offensive line. That That's my thought. And, like, if this is their starting point mm-hmm. and they can, like, really round into form by, say, like, I don't know, week 9, 12, mm-hmm. somewhere in there, then I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Because so, what you didn't want to yeah. see was... 
you know, a lot of comparisons have been made to the defense in 2019 mm-hmm. when it got changed over. And, man, they were bad at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. And he didn't see that. No, you didn't. That's true. Um, I think in, in terms of individual performance, Niang got worked a couple times. There were a couple plays where he just got bent around, and it was definitely like either Mahomes got sacked or he, he was pressured out of the pocket. That's just going to happen with the first, he's effectively a first-year player, it happens. Um, I don't think the running game was necessarily better this year than last in terms of that one like one game snapshot, but that will come. I think that's what you got to, like, what people will look at Clyde and say, oh, he's, he's not turning the corner as a running back. It's like, well, yeah, but the offensive line isn't where it needs to be yet. Granted, he needs to read some of the boxes a little bit better, I think. Yeah. Um, there were some, some, some yards up from the field where he was hitting the hole he was supposed to hit, but what really needed to happen was he bounces it outside. I think he'll get there. I was encouraged by his involvement in the passing game. I think you saw some really good screens or touch passes from Mahomes out of the backfield where Clyde was able to add some value. Um, he was also split out wide in quite a bit of plays, and that was interesting. Yeah. Where he would motion out. You know, we haven't seen him like on a long wheel route or cross or anything yet, I don't think. Uh, but it, it's interesting to see that wrinkle to the offense for sure. So I'm, I'm not too worried with the running game. I think it'll come along as the season progresses. I mean, the guys we're not even talking about, the main three, like it's it's Mahomes, it's Hill, and it's Kelsey. Like that is our offense. Yeah. Now going it back runs through those guys. Going back to our pregame or our, our yeah our preview from last week, we asked if this was the the game where we would find out if we need to have if we have a second receiver. Uh huh. I don't think it was. You didn't seem to need it. They didn't do a proper job of shutting out either Kelsey or Hill. Mahomes was able to find both of them, and if they can, that's great. But if you are, for instance, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you can successfully shut down both those guys, we need the third target. McCole had a decent game. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, might have, he had a couple catches, and he had that one where he caught the amazing home sidearm, but then I think he ran out of bounds like a yard short, which continues to kind of be my question about does McCole have between the years to actually play receiver in the league? I, I was not sold on it today, but maybe he's got it and he's going to show it to us. He'll have a breakout game at some point this year. Yeah. I was also a bit disappointed we didn't see, like, the crazy four tight ends set. In fact, well, uh, we didn't we see did, any tight ends that we? weren't Kelsey or Blake Bell. I thought we did see it at one point, but then... I didn't see Fordson at all this game. Well, there was some kind of trick play they were running, but then Tyreek jumped off sides. And they yeah, it was getting ready to look cool, and then Tyreek jumped early. Hopefully we'll see that again at some point. Kelsey just wants to play quarterback so bad. Yes, he does. Which is a shame because he landed on the team with like the best quarterback in the league. Doesn't usually work out when he does it. But. Sometimes it's hilarious. <laughs> it's funny, but it's not you know productive. Yeah. Um, I think the Browns came really well prepared for some of the sneaky stuff we normally like to do. Mm-hmm. Not the like quite like trick play stuff, but a lot of our like mister like yeah misdirection type stuff. Yeah, did not work, and they just like there were several plays that they just like. Seemed to know exactly what was going down and just shut it down. Yeah, it turns out Mike Rimmers is as bad at catching footballs as he is uh, at playing left tackle in Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. What? I don't even know what... He caught the ball. I'll give, I'll give him that credit. He caught the shovel pass, but then immediately got tackled by, like, a linebacker. Yeah. They just they just knew it was coming all the way. Um, I think I think whenever the Chiefs are down in the red zone now, people know to expect shenanigans. Which, I, we were talking about this last week. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. We want that to happen. Well, 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 but off of that, you need to run some vanilla goal line plays then. Otherwise, we're going to expect to shovel passes to strange people the whole time. Yeah. yeah. I'm um, sure the, the Blake Bell's quarterback sneak was pretty fun. 
Yeah. Those are I love that they came up with a way to do a QB sneak in which Mahomes is not going to get injured. Yeah. So it risks someone else's knee. Yeah. Expendable knees. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, overall, I mean, the offense was what we come to expect. Uh, at the first, the first half, what do you think happened in the first half? Because it just did not look great to start out at all. Maybe it was just like first time the offensive lines played together. Maybe it was game flow where we were, we were committed to a set, you know, number of plays off of the start, where we, you know, the, the fifteen plays, whatever is set immediately at the start of the year, you know, deviate from that based on game flow. I don't know, just like ten points at halftime, that was alarming to me. Um, I thought they looked pretty good in the first half. A lot of it was just that they didn't have the possessions. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of the Browns, like having these really long tries, which that's just kind of how their offense works. Mm-hmm. And then they were forcing us to do it based on, like, the coverages they were showing. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I think it was, like, eight possessions each for the whole game. That's an extremely small amount of possessions for a football game. Mm-hmm. Which, credit to the Chiefs, they had some, like, clock grinding drives when yeah. they needed them late in the game. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's, like, a kind of a key to unlocking the next level of this offense is... Teams have figured out we're just going to put a ton of safeties and cornerbacks in the backfield and just make them, like, do that short game all the way down the field and, like, prove that we can do it. So Which we can. Yeah. Yeah, we can. We just got to stay patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a, there's, um, there's a lot of ways to almost beat the Chiefs. Mm. And, like, having a, a strong, strong running game with the play-action pass off of that is one of them. But eventually... Unless you have an all-world defense, the Chiefs are going to go on a run, and you're going to be faced with trying to be diminished shootout. And that's whenever that, that model breaks down. If we're down with the Titans, I think it's going to continue to break down the, the way the Browns are, are running their, their scheme and their, their play. I don't know if that's the way to be the Chiefs. Well, like the whole – it's a, such a cliche at this point, but like the you know keep the ball away from Mahomes, that strategy – it works really well if you score a touchdown on every single one of your drives. Mm-hmm. Which the Browns, it was kind of looking like they might there for a while. But if you don't, which no one can do that, then it doesn't work, generally. Yeah. I think the strategy to, for the Chiefs is to wait for their entire offensive line to be injured and then play a perfect game. Mm. Yeah, everyone should that. That seems to work pretty well. It kind of up what you were saying about almost beating the Chiefs because it seems like there's... There's so many like bad teams out there that will kind of play us a little bit close and then just coast off of that for the longest time. Like, do you remember what I think it was like two, one or two years ago that we played the Lions and there was like a really weird game and there was a bunch of mm-hmm. weird plays and they almost beat us but they didn't. Yeah, that was like the highlight of their season, and there was like throughout the entire season people were like, well, you know, the Lions they almost beat the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> If you're just, if you're just a, like a box score analyst and you're taking some pretty bad takes thing. off of that. Yeah, it was like the the highlight of this team season was almost beating somebody. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts from the game? Um, Let me check my notes here. Hmm, look at this guy with notes. Um, Prepared and everything. You want to do some game balls? Uh, Yeah. You want to do like one for each side of the ball? Sure. Okay. Do we each get one, or we like kind of yeah, come yeah. to an agreement? There's lots of game balls to go around. Okay, these aren't actually balls. We don't have the ball here. No, no, no. All right, I'll go first. Okay, um, I'll take defense. Mm-hmm. I will go with Chris Jones. 
That's who I was going to go with. That seems like a pretty easy pick. He gets two game balls this week. Oh, you're going to give him your game ball as well? Yeah. He just took over the game. And also, whenever the game was over, he waved goodbye to the Browns fans. And that was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've seen all year. Bye-bye. Which is weird because it was a home game, but... <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was waving to the fans at home. You know, we always talk about Mahomes being like a kid out there playing football. Chris Jones, like, in the most pivotal moments of the game, just had the big old goofy grin on his face. He's just oh, like, yeah. we're he playing was, football. This is awesome. He loves it. <laughs> yeah. The crowd was going crazy today. They were, they brought it. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we, we saw, for one quarter at least, we saw the potential, like, defensive player of the year, Chris Jones, that everyone's been talking about all year. He got two sacks. He did. At, at the most, like, opportune times, too. He's on pace for, what, 34 sacks now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Games. Like Chandler Jones is on pace for 120 sacks. Yeah, so, fluky, fluky. Yeah. All right, offense. I'll let you give your first game ball. You boy. Um. This is like the. You could always give it to Mahomes. Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it to Tyreek Hill because mm-hmm. my gosh, that guy came up with some like catch after catch after catch and was just open constantly. He had like 200 yards receiving, and I think he was more. Tyreek Hill was more responsible for the long 75 yard touchdown pass than Mahomes was. And uh, that was. Yeah, that, you, could, you could argue like his was the more impressive play on that. That was, to me, the turning point of the game. Because, I mean, it, yeah, like the literal turning point of the game was probably whenever we, we got that punt uh, stopped. Yeah, the, the, Scottish, the Scottish punter decided to run the ball. Yeah, rugby, you know. Yeah, but like everything went Chiefs after the long touchdown pass to Tyreek. I think it was just completely deflating to the Browns. Yeah. Whenever they realized, you know, like they they had taken one of our punches with I think a touchdown. At that point, we pulled within nine, and then the long Tyreek touchdown happened immediately. And it's like from that point on, it's like you could just kind of tell that broke their will. Well, they're up by nine with ten minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And for most teams, that's like almost like prevent defense time. Yeah. But the Chiefs, it was like just like one play, maybe two yeah. there, a few seconds off their clock, and bam, they're, they got a two point lead. And we talked we talked about ca- cascading mistakes where it's like you start to lose confidence, and then that starts to make you make more mistakes. And the Browns were just a totally different team in the fourth quarter from the rest of that game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's the long Tyreek Hill touchdown. Then there was the blocked punt. Then there was Baker throwing his interception. And that all happened within a pretty tight window of time. It's just like, that. I think that that was the straw that broke the camel's back was the 75-yard Tyreek touchdown where we're just like, you can't win against these guys. Yeah, and in the middle of all that, somewhere there was a Browns offensive drive that got upended on the very first play by Chris Jones' sack. Then they were like yeah. sitting at like second and 17, and then they, couldn't, they were off schedule, couldn't really play the way they wanted to. It ended up being a three and out. I think that was huge. That's what's really encouraging to me about the rest of the season was like we spotted them like two or three scores. And this is one of those teams where if they get up by two or three scores, they're supposed to be able to control the game. And that still didn't happen. We were still able to claw, claw our way back. Mm-hmm. So if we get up on most teams, the game's just going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any kind of uh, so you, oh, wait, hold on. No, I have to give him my, my uh, offensive. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Did mine. you give your offense? I didn't give mine. Okay. Um, so you gave yours to Tyreek, right? I did yeah. Okay. Um, can I split a game ball in half, or does it got to go to like one player? A little wisdom Solomon here. Yeah. Okay. See who wants it more. 
Okay, I'm going to split this ball in half. We're going to give half of it to Mahomes and half of it to Kelsey. Because hmm, okay. it takes two to complete a pass, Andrew. That's true. Most times. Unless Sometimes Marcus Mariota completes a pass to himself. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's not bring him up in this podcast. <laughs> well, he's a Raider now. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Kelsey had an amazing game, but you almost expect it at this point. That That was kind of like one of my... Takeaways from this game is that the stuff that the Chiefs do on offense, especially from like Tyreek and Kelsey, it's just so insane, but it's like it's so regular to us anymore. Like yeah. whenever Mahomes had that giant play to Tyreek, it was awesome and I loved it, but I was not surprised by it. It's like, yeah, that's just kind of what he does, you know? I think once a year, Chiefs fans should be forced to go back and watch like a Tyler Palco game. Mm. Just so you can appreciate where we've been and where we are now. Lest we forget. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Never forget. Um, yeah, I, we're, we're so spoiled. As I'm telling you, also, Kelsey gets up for the Browns game. Yeah. I think Cleveland there's something about boy. the Cleveland boy that he just, like, he wants to beat the Browns. Yeah. I don't really know why. Was he a Cleveland fan growing up? I can't imagine that's a Probably. real thing. Yeah. Probably, yeah. He always, he always balls out against the Browns. He doesn't, like, hate the Browns. I think he just wants to, you know, have a good showing Yeah. whenever he plays them. Especially when he's in Cleveland, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I know it's it's cliched, but do you think you know like we'll we'll see them we'll see them in the playoffs? Do you think it's true that we'll see the Browns in the playoffs? I think there's a high chance of it. Yeah, I think you could very easily be looking at the between the Chiefs and Browns. And I don't even necessarily know which one will be one two seed. I really think could be. Yeah, yeah. You never really know how the divisional matchups will go. Like they mm-hmm. might you know be matched up against someone in the divisional round and lose, but. I, I think there'll be a playoff team. I mm-hmm. think it will be a playoff team. So, yeah. Okay, are you ready to go macro? Talk about the league as a whole. A little around the league, around the NFL. Oh, yeah. I'm okay. ready. So, what were your biggest surprises from oh, the league of football? Okay, so... There are, there are two that are glaring to me. Three, maybe. Like, three, maybe. I like to call the first week of the NFL season Mirage Week. Mm-hmm. Because there... This happened last year, and really every year it happens. There are going to be a couple of games, three or four, where you're going to look back at the end of the season and scratch your head and just be like, what in the world <laughs> happened here? Yeah. So all of this, you know, it could be a mirage. But, yeah, there was definitely some huge surprises. Um, Man, there's two especially that I'm thinking of. I could not pick one. Oh, man, there's three, actually. Oh, tell them all. All right, I've just got to pick one. Um... It's got to be the Packers just getting destroyed by the Saints, right? Yeah, that was kind of a freaky Friday thing where Jameis Winston turned into Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers turned into Jameis Winston. Ooh, mm. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, this goes along with what I said in the preview, which is Aaron Rodgers is over this crap. <laughs> he is He is to the point. I'm not completely sure he's you, not trying to hurt the Packers. You did call this earlier and I laughed yeah. at you, but... Yeah. I mean, one doesn't have to wonder after a game no, like that. Last year was like salty motivated Aaron Rodgers. This year is like, I am over it. I am above this Aaron Rodgers. Yes. He is hosting Jeopardy in his mind on Sundays. Yes. Like, what is four interceptions or whatever he threw? Yeah, last year was like Aaron Rodgers that's like working super hard, put in the extra hours trying to get that promotion. You know what? It still didn't work. You know, he he didn't you know, get it. Do you know who he got beat by? Tom Brady, who freaking moved to his own city and built his own team. That is what Aaron Rodgers, that's what's in Aaron Rodgers' mind right now. He's like, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to Carolina or Miami or Denver, God forbid, 
and build my own team. He's already like, he's, I guarantee you, like, after the game, he's like going around to different states where he's like, hey, hey, you want to come to, you want to come to Atlanta next year? I'm going to be the quarterback. It's going to be fun. <laughs> he's already assembling the super team. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be, but I want you on my team. You, you are on Team Rogers. He did seem, I haven't watched the game yet, but just from some pictures I've seen on Twitter. He did, did he ever say that his, very checked out. his week one performance was a beautiful mystery? What is that from? That's from him. This like he, at some point this offseason he said, "Oh, my future is a beautiful mystery." Who knows? Oh my gosh, that guy! He's going full douchebag. Uh, it just makes me like Mahomes more that yeah. there's not anything like that from him. But yeah, well, or Rogers is like Rogers he's is very always extra sometimes. He's always had a little bit of Jay Cutler in him. Yeah, he's very um. What's it's the like word? They're, they're like the the angel and demon on his shoulder is Tom Brady on the on the angel side, and the demon is Jay Cutler. Like, very, like smoking Jay Cutler does not care of meme, you know. He's very surly. Yeah, he is. Seems like he just kind of wants something to be mad about at any given time. Anyway, um, the um, other big surprise, I would say. Anything else on the Saints? Do you want to talk about James um, Winston? Yes, I would like to talk about James Winston very oh, much. Gosh, okay, get your meme quarterback out of the way. Would you like to know how many completions James Winston had? Seven. Fourteen. Okay. Would you like to know how many touchdowns he threw? Nine. Five. Okay. Why do you nine? Come on now. I think there's a lot here. He threw a touchdown on over thirty three percent of okay, his completions. Okay, one of those was a pop pass. Kamara, I saw that play. Irrelevant. <laughs> this is. I'm a purely analytical analysis here. Yeah, stats only. Stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. Yeah. Stats say five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I think it has to be the LASIK. I can, really he can see now. I hope this this season goes well enough that the Saints like get four games into the Winston experience and give him like a six year two hundred million dollar contract extension, and then he turns back into Jameis and they're stuck. Mm. That would be so funny in my mind. That's that's the funniest way this goes. Look, the bottom line is the NFL is more fun when Jameis Winston is playing football. So whatever is required for that to happen, I'm in favor of it. All right, yeah. what was your biggest surprise? Um, I think that the Titans getting housed. Mm, was it yes. the Cardinals or was the Titans? Yeah, the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, we talked about this in, like, earlier. I, I th- kind of thought that Kling, yeah, Kling, Cliff Kingsbury was pre-fired. Yeah. Um, I thought the Titans were going to be, like, legit AFC South champions. Uh, for one, I can tell you this year's AFC South is last year's NFC East, where it's like, oh my gosh, one of these teams has to make the playoffs. Yes. And as of today, it's going to be the Texans. It would be the Texans in the playoffs. Can you imagine? Yeah. Which, which begs the question, does does Urban Meyer immediately go to take the USC job that is now open after one game? Does he does he have one game and be like, enough of this crap, I'm going back to college and goes coach to USC? I can actually see it happening. He's that level of like complete shallow human being. Where he'd just be like, turns out NFL isn't for me. I lost to the Texans, who are objectively the worst team in the league. So... I'll see y'all later. I'm going to go go to UFC for a truckload of money. Literal truckload of money. Well, I mean, this season is going to be rough. Yeah. He it's might have the first pick again. I mean, they just got blown out by who we thought was the worst team in the NFL. I'm still shocked the Texans won a game at all, much less than we won. Yeah. If you, I would have predicted like 16-0 for them. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, I honestly can believe that, I guess one of them has to win a game again when they play. Twice, right? Yes. But outside of that game, if if those two teams lost all of the rest of their games, would not be surprised at all. Well, they get to play the Titans. 
Oh, man. How is that division so terrible? We've, I literally said in the last podcast the Titans were the only real team in that division. I know uh, I guess there is no real team. No. No. That is one giant meme division. It's just, yeah. They're all comically bad. Colts looked bad, too. And it wasn't even, like, Carson Wentz, necessarily. It's just, like, the whole team looked bad. Yikes. That's amazing. Uh, let's see. There was at least one other pretty surprising result. Well, we of. we already talked about it, but it was, you know, the Jags... Texans, obviously, was another big one. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised the Dolphins beat the Patriots. Uh, yeah. I'm really kind of starting to question the whole... I'm starting to question the whole Belichick is the best coach of all time thing. I'm starting to think that Brady is just the best quarterback of all time, and Belichick was around to be the defensive mind behind the the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. We'll give Mike Jones his due. These next couple years, we'll kind of... They'll prove that out. I'm still convinced that Tua is not a starting quarter, starting caliber quarterback. Yeah, he might not be. He apparently he had like a back breaking interception in that game that would have been like a complete embarrassment if they hadn't pulled it out. But they did, so we'll give him another. another we'll give him a pass, I guess. Um, I guess the Dolphins is one of those teams, and Tua is one of those quarterbacks that I just never see them play because they're never in primetime games. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever actually seen him play. Mm. Aside from, like, I guess the Chiefs played him yeah. last year. Okay, so any other around the league games you want to talk about? Let me just pull up the results here real quick. Because otherwise I want to get on to predicting the Monday Night Football scores. Ooh. Or game, at least. Actually, I better not pull that up because we might get spoiled. Mm. I think it like, just started. Um, let's do a quick little round the division. So Ravens and Raiders are playing like now. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the other two teams won. The Chargers beat Washington Footballs, who were down to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I should Which move. hold on now, if you beat three quarters of, of Trevor Heineke or whatever his name is by like three points, yeah, does that count as a win? I'm not sure it does. I'm not that sure. Like this is a validation for the Chargers. Mm. You know, like the whole term, like moral victory. Yeah, I think this might have been a moral loss. Mm. So really, won the game, you, you won the game, but you should have But they actually lost. Yeah. yeah, I should feel bad. But that still counts as a win. Yeah, but not, not morally. Um, It's an immoral win. <laughs> mm, yes. Uh, Broncos beat Giants. someone. Okay, yeah, that doesn't count. Dale Jones. Beat a real team. That dude loves fumbling. Mm-hmm. Lives for it. Uh, They continue to be bad enough, or sorry, good enough with Teddy Bridgewater that they could conceivably trade away Drew Locke. Which, that's that, that's my hope for the Broncos this year. They're not going to make any noise in the playoffs. They're not going to beat the Chiefs. All I care about the Broncos is that they trade away Drew Locke. I think it could happen because, like, I'm pretty sure Vic Fangio hates Drew Locke. Yeah, he showed up and hated that guy. Despises him. He's like one of those, like, it's like I super, super old I hate school this kind of team. Okay, back in the day... Uh, <laughs> What was at that point, the Washington R-Words, like in the 70s, they had a coach who would trade away all of the draft picks because he hated rookies so much. He only wanted veterans. He would trade away all the draft picks for veterans. And that to me is like... That's bizarre. That is what Vic Fangio would be doing if he had his choice. Yeah. He'd be like, screw it. I want guys who are in their 30s. I don't want anything to do with rookies. I only want veterans. 
give me Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke like an insane person. Oh, and it's clear he doesn't want... He wants it to be a defensive team. Yeah, he, I think he showed up and started throwing shade to Drew Locke immediately. Yeah. Yeah, he immediately was just like... Did not like sucks. the cut of his jib. Yeah. No. He likes rap music. Don't like him. I'm just kind of hoping he keeps coaching the Broncos long enough. It's like he deserves to be fired, but I hope he isn't fired so that they keep trying to make it work. Yeah. And we don't play them until really late this year for some reason, the Broncos. Yeah, that's okay. Not until like... Halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. I got Chargers game will be interesting though. That's coming up in like two weeks, I think. Yeah, okay, that was one thing I was gonna ask you. Um this isn't our preview episode, that'll be the next episode, but looking at the schedule today, where do you think Chiefs first loss occurs? Man. Um let me pull up the schedule. That would probably Because I honestly don't think it's next week against the Ravens. It could be the Chargers in two weeks. I mean, you could get you could get that Andy Reid game, you know, that yeah. Andy Reid at like any point. Um, and then it could be the Bills, but the Bills look terrible. I mean, it, there's not any game on here that I'm just like, oh man, we're gonna lose that one. That's that's the thing. I, think I feel it's entirely like we, possible we already played the best team in the AFC. That's what I was gonna say. We played the best team we're gonna play this year the first week. I really think that. Yeah. And we beat them. What What are your thoughts on the Bills and Josh Allen? Um, Because that was kind of like, that was supposed to be the heavyweight matchup this year. It's Chiefs-Bills. And the Bills do not look like they're holding up their end of the bargain in the first week. Well, they were playing the Steelers defense, who's really, really good. Might be the best defense in the league. So I guess I'm going to, like, you know, qualify it with that. Yeah. But, yeah, they did not look good. Yeah. They, there were so many passes. Like, it seemed like there was, like, 10 plus passes of like more than 20 yards downfield and none of them connected. We just we watched this game. I I don't feel like what I saw was the Steelers defense being amazing, which they they're good. I feel like what I saw was Josh Allen not playing well against a good defense. Mm. There's a difference. There's a difference between like this guy played a good game but the Steelers were just so amazing versus this guy was throwing up prayers. And the Steelers were knocking down and intercepting them. I mean, the Steelers d- defended like a bazillion passes in that game. Yeah. So you could look at it from the standpoint of, well, Josh was throwing to the guys that wasn't open. Yeah. Or you could look at it from the standpoint of, there was nobody open and they don't have a run game. I just think if you're looking at this game like like a blind test and saying, is this the, the 2020 Josh Allen that everyone's excited about? Or is this 2018 Josh Allen that everyone's questioning? You would put him in the latter category based on that performance. Yeah, I mean, it's one week. Part of this is, you know, my preview was the Bills regress this year. Josh Allen regresses this year. It has kind of a, it's not sophomore slump because he's like in his fourth year in the league, but I, I'm i kind of concerned that this particular character is turning back into a pumpkin for the Bills. Uh, Actually, I'm not concerned. I'm encouraged, but you know what I mean. I don't think he's going to like turn back into a pumpkin. I feel like his season last year was like Mahomes' 2018 MVP season. Was like, yeah, he's probably going to be awesome again, but it's like nearly impossible to be that good twice in a year, because mm-hmm. just like it's it's hard to have a historic season like that twice in a year. So I could I could see it be something like that where he's like you know eighty five nine percent of what he was last year, which is still like good enough to for them to win. I continue to be more worried about the Browns than the Bills. Yeah, I would probably say that's fair after this game. We'll see, and that's you know I'm I'm actually just starting to think. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is a mirage week. 
But based on what I saw Sunday, I'm starting to think this is a down year for the AFC. Because like the Chiefs and Browns and Bills were the only AFC teams that really looked good to me. And, and the Bills are questionable. I think they're, they're the only team I could say could come back from a bad start. The Titans looked abysmal. The entire AFC South looked abysmal. Most other teams in the AFC looked bad. I think the Steelers will make the playoffs but not make any actual noise once they get to the playoffs. I do not think the Ravens will make any noise in the playoffs. I think they're in for a really, really rough season. Uh, I feel like the Ravens are going to be okay. Hmm. We'll see. We'll, just, we'll see tonight. Some of those teams that like they'll have like, a couple little injuries pop up and everyone's kind of worried. And, oh, maybe Lamar can't throw. They're still going to win like 10 plus games. Okay, but I'm, they're I'm like they're like that. they've won one playoff game in the Lamar era. Oh, I'm not saying I do not think be, they're going to improve on that total this year. I'm not saying they're going to like go to the Super Bowl, but yeah. I I would be surprised if they don't make the playoffs. Yeah. All right, I think that's been around our NFL portion of the program. Any other parting thoughts before we uh, wrap this up? Play a little uh, little spirit in the sky. Um, I guess my parting thought to Chiefs fans as a word of advice would be: don't freak out about the defense. Because I really do think Matthew is like that important. I think that, we have a lot of young guys on defense too. That was your advice to me on Sunday. Was Andrew, do not freak out about the defense because I was I was freaking out about the defense, which which is weird because usually I'm the one that does that. Yeah, but no, no, I was I was feeling much more zen, kind of realizing like this is week one. This is like just you can't take away too much from it. And yeah, I I think the defense will get better. I think my advice would be don't forget about the offensive line. I think the running game will come along. If the pass protection will come along, it can only get better from here. Yeah. Cool. So we will come back at some point with a preview of the Ravens game. they got to play their game against the Raiders first, so we can preview them. But yeah, Chiefs-Ravens. It's like a playoff game every week with the Chiefs. You know, Browns, Ravens, like way, Chargers. Yeah. We're just kind of one of those teams that like, we're going to get the best punch that everyone can deliver. It's true. Yeah. But Suffering sometimes, sometimes yeah. their best punch is not good enough. No. Most times, actually. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.